Hello, and welcome to Pokédex Pathfinders, where we explore the Pokédex at a leisurely pace. I'm Ben. And I'm Andy. On today's episode, we talk about numbers 48 and 49, the Venonat family. I ask Ben questions on Blaine's quiz show. And we talk about our favorite bug Pokémon. Let's get to it. Alright, so we are starting off with number 48, Venonat. It is the insect Pokémon... It is bug and poison type. Okay, I don't mean to be a downer, but <laughs> I, I cannot wait to be done with... You're not psyched for more poison? <laughs> Here we go. Here comes another two poison bugs. Another bug. I, I want to put a pin in that idea, by the way. I want to circle back to that when we talk about the family as a whole. Little little tease for that one. All right, put a poison pin in that and we'll keep it moving. <laughs> And that's going to do it for this episode, because <laughs> I can only handle so much. Look, at least this one isn't just, doesn't make me so upset at, you know, at its existence. That's fair. It doesn't make me upset. It is just forgettable. If somebody came to me, if somebody came to me and was like, all right, off the top of your head, write down all of the Canto pokes. Probably the last ones that I would be able to pull out of my ass would be like, Probably Venonat and Venomoth or Paris and Parasect. All right. Now, we, we will divide when we get to the, the stage one. But for Venonat, yes, very much so. This is like your, at this point, this is an archetypical basic Pokemon. This is basic. It is basic in every sense of the word. I would like to jump way ahead here and provide a counterpoint to what you're saying of being forgettable for this the basic versus the stage one here, talking about Venomoth. I'm just going to go ahead and say right up front, the Reddit's favorites poll, Venonat came in at 371 and Venomoth 462. Oh, I can't believe Venomoth is less popular. I mean, I will I was, say, I mean, I'll tell my stories later, but I will say that I like Venomoth for rose-colored glasses reasons. That, that's, all right. you know, that's what I will say. I think that's a valid reason, though, because that's how, you know, Pokemon works. Let's yes. get into <laughs> Let's get into some bio information, though, to start off. Venonat is three feet tall and 66 pounds. I know we don't really like to talk about... It's 66 pounds. (laughs) Yeah, we don't really normally like to just list like the stats because, you know, that's boring. But uh, it's a big-ass bug. (laughs) For bugs, I like to see what I'm up against here. Like, could I throw hands with this and succeed? And at the very least, if this thing is like sneak attacking you from the trees or something, you you could get tackled here's the thing you want to say throw hands uh you definitely have a reach advantage on it oh, i mean that's for sure I would, I would kick this thing off a cliff i mean you know that much is true because <laughs> this thing those <laughs> arms are completely worthless it is and kind also, of like a soccer it is kind of like a soccer ball with feet and eyes now i guess in pokemon world they don't know what an insect is so i'll give them the pass but also this isn't an insect it doesn't have six legs it okay. has four it has two feet and two hands all right we got to talk about this because you say there is no reference to th- that there isn't Pokemon, but there is a lot of references in its Pokedex entries to it eating insects. Also, oh, yeah, it's the so insect many. Pokemon. No, it's not. I totally agree with you it's there. It's truly not. If anything, it's the bug Pokemon. I would accept bug Pokemon being as it is bug type, so clearly has uh, bug it is cells. The bug. It's the bug. <laughs> yeah, on a cellular level, it's, it's bug type, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, we're talking a cellular level. But no, the red and blue Pokedex entries lives in the shadows of tall trees where it eats insects. Uh, yeah, I mean, just- early on... I know we, we've talked about this before, but early on, they just really thought that I guess maybe this wasn't going to go that far. Like this Pokemon train was going <laughs> to stop at some point. 
<laughs> and animals Little did, did they just, know yeah, decades later. Exist. Yeah, and now here we are, yes, getting ready for however many games uh, it has been now. A lot. But there are, I mean, I'm even talking into the Pokedex entry for why it says lives in the shadows of tall trees where it eats bugs. So are they moving? Hey, I mean, away? at least that could be that could be like weedles and stuff. At least once it's bugs, <laughs> as long once we're at bugs, I'm willing to accept that. A little I, flashback for our uh, long term listeners here. I just want you to think about what uh, weedle means in the context of me growing up. That's why I said that one as opposed to any <laughs> of the, the other hundreds of bugs we've covered. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I do have a question about its design, though, with it being, you know, a, a fuzzy like a giant soccer ball. I kind of think that, like, if I saw it in the real world, I'd probably be creeped out. But then I was also like, does this thing come back around to being cute? Like, it's got the fuzzy. It's yes. got the big eyes. It's 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 not like Beedrill with poison stingers shooting off of it. Oh, yeah. The fluff brings us right back around. Um, I know technically I don't really know what it is yet, but Tangula has the same thing going on where it's like it's like fluffy. It looks like, you know, you can kind of squish it and that gives it at least a little bit of cuteness. Yeah, I, I wonder how like how much give does the fur or is it like that's the other thing, though. There's a lot of references to poison oozing from its body like it's cute in a nice 2d flat world where you don't have to get up to it i bet this thing also smells terrible oh yeah this this thing is stinky for sure because it's got it's got kind of the wet dog smell and, it, and yes. it's a bug imagine if your dog was just perpetually like wet with poisonous ooze with ivan ooze <laughs> no I, I don't want to <laughs> a deep cut there that's a yeah, very, very deep 90s reference right there. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Pokemon podcast. This is exactly uh, the right audience to be. <laughs> Power Rangers Pathfinders. <laughs> Last little point for the Pokedex entries. A lot of them mention that its eyes are extremely powerful and act as radar. Okay, cool. I get it. Compound eyes. That makes sense. Bugs have that in the real world. But... A lot of them talk about its eyes, or, or not a lot, but several of them state that its eyes can shoot powerful beams. Yeah, hell yeah, they can. Oh, okay, and it's settled. <laughs> <laughs> that finally made sense to me why it can learn like psi beams. I was going to say, does it ever like learn that? Confuse Ray or anything? Yeah, that's. I was like, okay, I guess that's why they started to give it the psychic moves because this is one of the few bug pokes that can learn psychic moves. Oh yeah, and this one and another, they have that in common. Uh, yep. They are bugs that can do psychic things. Venonat can learn Psy Beam, and you can also, using a TM, you can teach it Solar Beam, but I really wish that they had doubled down and just any beam, Hyper Beam, Ice Beam, like this thing. Is well, pew, pew, pew. To me, Hyper Beam is mouth-based. Maybe it comes out of some of the Poke's eyes, but I always thought of that as specifically generated from the gut. But like, what if it's generated in the gut coming from the eyes? <laughs> from deep within. <laughs> no, Venonat can do it. I'll give at a pass but like also it something about like i'm still having the the sound of hyper beam that god awful but somehow amazing sound of hyper beam from the the games in my mind playing as a venonat is just shooting beams out of its eyes and i'm kind of sold <laughs> this is kind of random when you were playing the games would you leave the sound on most of the time or would you turn the sound off if there were other people around usually i would have it off but if it were me by myself, I crank it as loud as it can be. Oh, my God. 
I don't know why. As much as I like the the town themes and the various songs, I almost always play the Pokemon games on mute. Also, uh, <laughs> shout out my favorite uh, uh, music is the surfing music from Gen Two. I think oh, that's I could. So good. I will go out of my way to listen to that at work. Just give me oh like a God. ten hour loop. Now, Lavender Town is a straight up banger. But <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, coming this fall, we're going to be uh, hosting <laughs> an EDM festival exclusively of uh, uh, Pokemon music. Unchanged Pokemon songs. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> we're not even going to do originally. <laughs> we're not even going to do remix or mashups or whatever. It's just going to be me holding a Game Boy Color up to a microphone. <laughs> Well, is there any other uh, biology information that you wanted to talk to? We started talking about the games a little bit. I, I, I have some more notes for that. Is there anything you wanted to discuss further for the bio of Venonat? So just a little bit of detail on this. I like now that I've, I feel like we've kind of cracked the formula of at least these, I don't, I don't want to say less interesting, but the, the boring ones uh, of these pokes is that they do kind of choose a scientific area of focus. They choose something and they make an entire being out of it. And this one is completely, the radar is the full, it's everything about this Pokemon. I mean, the eyes are the main feature. And I was just reading about compound eyes because I didn't even really know what they were. But the Pokedex does tell you literally what compound eyes are. The Gen 4 Pokedex said, its big eyes are actually clusters of tiny eyes. So I was like, okay, so I looked it up. So compound eyes, it is essentially what they are. They have a bad resolution, but a wide angle to detect fast movement. Uh, But I wanted to see what that had to do with radar because I didn't think that had anything to do with radar. But the shapes are based on radar dishes, which is, I guess, where they got the idea from. Because radar itself is just the waves that are sent out. It detects the presence of objects using waves so maybe that's even where the psychic comes from like something with electromagnetic waves i don't know i I feel like they were really grasping at straws but i was very happy that we get some psychic energy out of this one let's talk about that with the with the game data a little bit quick note this is another poke that is not in sword and shield i know everybody out there was clamoring Hmm. for venonat and its psychic laser radar eyes in uh sword and shield but unfortunately we did not get that um, what are we going to dress it up as to sneak it through the border? Am I right? <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't remember those? I could not escape those jokes for so long. <laughs> Any Pokemon that people wanted in the decks, they would imagine it as a border patrol to get into Galar. Oh, my God. And they would dress up their Pokemon as, as a different Pokemon so that it could get through the border. Okay. Actually, though, this thing does not really need to dress up because... I do have a note in here that I'd like to share. The (laughs) fangs in my mind always kind of look like the fangs and the nose kind of look like they join into one like a mustache and it looks like Wilford Brimley. (laughs) It really does. It does look like he's going to talk to you about what you would do if you had diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) Especially his rotund stature. (laughs) I mean, to me, if you wanted to sneak it into Galar, all you'd have to do is shave it bald and it would just look like a jigglypuff. Do you think underneath it has that same god-awful rubbery (laughs) consistency? Yes, I think, yeah, I do. (laughs) Or texture, excuse me. Stinky balloon texture underneath. So I was thinking about it. I, I This is the first bug poke that we've come across that really has like a variety, uh, like a different set of moves. And 
I, I may be jumping the gun a little bit here, but I'm looking at this thing like, okay, the stats aren't amazing even when it turns into Venomoth, but this kind of well, could have been a There's another that we've covered with, with a similar move pool, at least in later gens. I don't know if it, this was retconned, but Butterfree has almost an identical that's, move That's pool. a good point. That's a good point. At least in the later gens. Is this just the original version of what you love to talk about where like they take a poke and they're like, and eh, we did okay on that one, but try it again. Is this just them trying to replace Butterfree? Because yes, and I'm has glad that kinda... you bring that up. Oh, please go ahead. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the most well-known of the conspiracy theories. It's probably the one that that you know I saw first out of all of Pokemon, and it's generally just regarded as the truth. Is that uh, Venonat was supposed to evolve into Butterfree? These two got switched. Yeah, that it was supposed to go Caterpie, Metapod, Venomoth. And then Venonat Butterfree. The face for Venonat just has so much more to do with with Butterfree. Oh, yeah. And people speculate that this is just because they knew that Ash was going to get a Caterpie in the show. And Butterfree is simply cuter. So it's it's more character-like for, you know, for kids to latch on to. I don't know why I've never also thought of this before with th- that idea. I always think about the face, but the feet and the, and the hands are really a big part of that too. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. For me, yeah, it's all the eyes. But like because the, Metapod the, has a Venomoth eye. Yeah, that's a good point too. But only one, because <laughs> well, unless you're looking at it from the front, then you get those two angry eyes. <laughs> but yeah, Butterfree. I mean, the hands and the feet of Butterfree. You're right. I always think about the like the Wilford Brimley face, but it also has the same <laughs> hands and feet and I, I just as Wilford Brimley <laughs> <laughs> it's uncanny so I, I have one last question for Venonat is this a flea a gnat or a caterpillar oh it sure is okay that's a good enough answer. <laughs> no, <laughs> when I was trying to find out like what yeah what it actually is I think it is supposed to be a flea but it clearly has the hair uh, of a fuzzy caterpillar. I would like to point out that it, it, what you were mentioning earlier of uh, they take that real world thing and kind of expand on it as the idea. I think it is a little interesting of them to take a concept such as metamorphosis and apply it to an animal that we don't normally see it happen to. I guess you could kind of make that argument about like evolution in general for Pokemon uh, be kind of loosely tied in. But like this would not be uh, there's no bug that looks like this that goes through the metamorphosis process to become something like a moth or a butterfly. But it's kind of neat that they applied it to something close and took that real world instance and kind of expanded on it. Yeah, that's true, because whether it would have been Venomoth or Butterfree, it would not have gone through any sort of of chains like that. But I, yeah, it's, it is kind of cool that they just, that's one thing that we see them do a lot is they will kind of mishmash all these various real animals into one Pokemon and you just kind of get an amalgamation of everything. Yeah, it, 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 it works. Yeah. So I do just want to touch on some anime stuff because this does get uh, like one or two episodes to shine for a little bit. So Koga has one in Ninja Poke Showdown. The only thing is that Venonat kind of follows them around the fortress because they don't realize that it's a gym at first. They just see this Venonat following them around creepily. But then that would be kind of scary. Enough, it, it's very creepy. And weirdly enough, the moment that it actually goes into battle, it immediately evolves into Venomoth, which is just weird. And the battle gets interrupted. Venomoth 
neither wins nor loses. Whatever. That's some, like, that's some Digimon uh, action right there. It really is. Well, it would also have to go back to normal, back to basic. Uh, oh, for right, Digimon. right, right. Of course, of course. <laughs> also, I didn't even know this. There was the dude... You might remember him if you saw him, Tracy from Orange Islands. This was like the second arc of Pokemon. This guy, I think he replaced Brock. Is that Tracy Morgan? Yeah, Tracy Morgan did have a cameo throughout the entire Orange Islands arc. <laughs> and his, uh, his. Don't do a Tracy Morgan impression. Don't do a Tracy Morgan impression. I, I literally couldn't if I tried. <laughs> Fair enough. Go, sorry, go ahead. No, but he has a Venom or a Venonat. That is, it's either his starter or it's the first Pokemon that he caught, which I just find interesting because it's featured at first before he starts uh, catching some more stuff. I guess to reflect this, in Pokemon Red and Blue, Koga has the coughing and the wheezing, and in Yellow, he has Venonats and Venomoth instead. Wait, I think really? That I, is, never, I never knew that. Yeah, you really should have tried uh, playing Yellow a little bit. No, you know, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do think it was just to mimic the anime a little bit more. And Venomoth is level 50 in that game. It is a beast. Oh, yeah. That'd be quite a chore to go up against. Well, speaking of uh, gym heroes, bah, bah, bah. let's talk so, about some cards. Venonet has roughly five to choose from. So <laughs> I was going to say, not a lot. I only have one that I wanted I know, to mention. I know which one we're going to talk about. And go ahead. Which one? Jim Heroes. He's shooting laser beams from his freaking head. <laughs> why would we talk about any other one that is, uh, is I'm sorry, the only is that cool card one. shooting lasers out of its eyes? No, don't care. <laughs> also, have we seen any dual type Pokemon, let alone basics up to this point, where it has a grass energy move and a psychic energy move? I think we've seen, I, I think we've seen some before i want to say there's a butterfree that has that i mean that would make sense i mean there probably have been others but for for one that we're talking about as being relatively unremarkable basic it's cool that it gets a a dual type move i would just like to point out that this definitely would have been the perfect uh poke to have a knit card to say i think it's due for a knit card Hey, there's an Unbroken Bonds clay card. That's something. I do. I did note that one. Uh, I I couldn't tell if it was clay. It's like... I think it is. It's like vaguely clay. Or I don't know. It, it's one of those one that just looks like they put a toy in a grass field oh, yeah. and were like... Snap <laughs> they just a put a small toy. Enough. It's like a Burger King uh, keychain toy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just have to also bring up, I mean, what has become one of my favorite sets in Sky Ridge. I mean... What am I what am I looking at? What am I looking at in this entire set? I have no idea what they were doing when they made this set, but I would like, like them to share. This almost looks like it was made with like mechanical pencil. This is And I know I've said it before and I'd like to just say it again. The pricing on the Skyridge set is just through the roof and I believe that's thanks to us. Seriously, five bucks for this incredibly oddly drawn Venonette. It is jumping off a cliff. Maybe I Maybe I threw it because it was trying to throw hands. You know, who's to say? <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about number 49, Venomoth. It evolves at level 31. It is the Poison Moth Pokemon. Hey, there we go. Which it shares with Dustox. It is Bug and Poison again. Let's jump right into some bio information because... This is an insect, but, you know, it's yeah, not, yeah, this it's not one the insect is, anymore. <laughs> so they were like, uh, let's come up with something not insect for it. Getting into bio right off the bat, 
dust-like scales that vary in color depending on their toxicity. So cool. Uh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm kind of sold on that. Two different scales. So apparently dark scales indicate that it would cause poison and light scales indicate causing paralysis, which we have now a confirmation be through the Pokedex entries Pokemon Crystal, the scales it scatters will paralyze anyone who touches them, making a person unable to stand. We now have confirmation that these effects do happen to people who are walking through the forests. Do not oh, go this into this is definitely going to get you. That That is 100%. For the, for the fire ones, I could see it not burning you because they make such a big deal in the anime about how, like, Ponyta won't burn you if it doesn't want to. Yeah, okay. This, there is no way this that dust is not getting in your face. There is no way. This is along the same lines of what we talked about a little bit for Parasect. On the last episode, we discussed... I'm not trying to do a recap here, but I, I feel like I'm sounding like I'm doing a recap. Flashback. Last episode for Parasect, we talked about how... All the Pokedex entries are remarkably scary and dark when compared to the lighthearted and family-friendly nature of all the media for Pokemon. And I feel like this, not to the same extent as Parasect, but this does kind of fall under that. Like, it's talking about poisoning people as they walk through a forest. Well, I mean, you got to think about it, though. Like, again, you're you're 10. At this point, you probably have some overleveled pokes that just didn't listen to you and they ran away. Uh, you eat <laughs> nothing but Caterpie. You're in the forest and <laughs> a bug makes you cough and you're like, I've had it. Like, that's enough. I've had it. <laughs> it's actually just it's just dust and people are like sneezing and they're like, I I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, it's just a kid at the end of his rope. I mean, we're we're far enough in. You've met pretty much every bug that you can meet. And he has been listening to that creepy Viridian theme. I, I imagine that uh, <laughs> that music is actually diegetic, and he is listening to that the entire time. Slowly descending into madness as the parasect mushrooms are like, it's fine in here, buddy. I do like the idea of, I, I know it's kind of creepy, but it's, it's cool the idea of like this shedding the poison off of them it's not to the same extent in the real world but this kind of gave me serious like tree frog vibes do they do shedding of their poison or you just no, mean because it's like on their body it, it's on their body i meant more so in the fact that they have the poisonous bodies and that they have these bright colors indicative of the fact that they are poisonous and their different colorations apparently can be somewhat indicative of levels of how poisonous they may be and it's almost become a signal to uh predators to stay away oh yeah that's that's definitely a defense mechanism you know being brightly colored definitely tells animals to stay away felt kind of reminiscent of that for me um also with that they they are based off of very loosely based off of swallowtail moths yeah i, which, saw, I saw that and they follow that, that they are brightly colored to show you that they are toxic. It's cool. Again, we're uh, same thing we were talking about not too long ago, taking these real, real world instances and kind of applying them to a poke that otherwise might be a little boring. Well, because this thing, it, it's not so far off to think that this could exist in the real world. Like scale it down a little bit and this could easily exist in a rainforest somewhere. Maybe the I, crown is a bit much. I was actually going to say, I think one of the reasons that Venomoth is so forgettable and not that impressive to a lot of people 
It has kind of the same design language as a lot of Pokemon. It kind of fits in the universe, but it also fits in ours. Yeah, it's not escapist enough. No, I I think if it weren't like, okay, granted, they're like four feet tall. So, you know, kind of scary. Mothra is hanging out here, but like they're not really that you look at it and it's like okay it's got cutesy eyes it looks like just a somebody drew an anime moth and it's the same deal with like you know we're talking about our favorite types and things like you don't pick normal as your favorite type you don't want just a dog fighting or a cat well they're all fighting type once you catch them but you, you don't want these fighting type pokes on your team like you want to escape you want something electric you want something like dark and sinister on your team because it's fun you can't have that in real world last note i have for bio tying back into these uh poisonous scales i'm a little shocked that they didn't decide to do a sexual dimorphism element to this where the males have a certain type of scale that causes poison and the females have paralysis or vice versa. But I, I'm a little shocked that they decided just to go with the coloration. I think they just forgot. They just forgot that this thing is around. Fair They're enough. like, we're already switching it to that kind of beta slot of evolving from Venom Venonat. So they're like, yeah, whatever. All right, well, let's talk about some uh, game data for it then. It can be both evolved and found in the wild, which it, this was like one of the first ones yes. where... Uh, that is an option. Well, I guess I'll get into that here then, is that uh, this poke right here was an integral part of my team because I caught one really? in the wild. Oh, yeah. This was on one of one of my original teams. It might not have been my first playthrough. It might have been second playthrough of Yellow because I remember revisiting around middle school time that this was my first attempt at like a supporter type Pokemon where you have a Pokemon that it's not its goal is not to be the strongest. It's not to you know, knock things out in one hit, you actually want something for its stat moves. It's different, like, switch hit moves. So I never used, really, a psychic type on my team because I didn't think it had enough utility. I would use this as, like, a spread. It was a bug flying type, so you could get bug and flying moves, and then it would have a psychic move to cover the spread if you needed it. And otherwise, you could use those catching... I mean, not catching moves. You use the status moves uh, to catch pokes. I was thinking about this, but I... I all of the points you made are like exactly what I was thinking when I was kind of reflecting on this poke and thinking about like, okay, this would have been a powerhouse against fighting types. It has quarter resistance and it has solid psychic moves. Like if you went up against uh, a fighting opponent, this would have been incredible. It has really good typing with alternate type attacks that you can use. Oh yeah, I never use this thing in a game. All of those points that you bring up are like, perfect examples of why it would have been pretty vital on a team honestly but i was thinking about it and i was like i think the reason i never used it is because you get it a little later in the game and i and it evolves at level 31 okay you can get a venonat earlier but it doesn't turn into venomoth until 31 and i was thinking about it i was like was this thing just a too little too late it Definitely was, and to that point, that's why I say with, with I like it with rose-colored glasses because this was a really big part on my team back then. But if you want this Pokemon, you should choose Butterfree. That's just what it comes down to. If you want yeah. something for statuses, you're gonna take it early on, and that's exactly what I did in Shield. Was I caught a Caterpie as soon as I could, evolved it up right away, and you use that to help you catch things from then on out. It still knows flying type moves. I think my new like air cutter, new bug buzz, 
psychic. So it still covers the spread in that way. Whenever I had a team, I realized that I could always make a really solid five poke team. And it was always that six that I never knew what I was going to pick. So for me, the six was like the oddball slot or the switch hitter slot, something that was just going to cover for the rest of your team. Because I think realistically, you could get through most of the gameplay with five Pokemon. You could, uh, as long as you just level up and take advantage of typing. I've never used this thing in a game, and I was kind of like, why use this when Butterfree is right there? And honestly, I just prefer Butterfree. I definitely have more of an attachment to Butterfree. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely agree that this is too little too late. I think that for whatever reason, when I saw the Venomoth and caught it, it suddenly dawned on me that you don't have to stay Danny DeVito when you play. Like, you can <laughs> kind of sometimes do something other than blast him. Uh, how dare you? 10-year-old me and 30-year-old me will not hear any of this <laughs> garbage that you speak of that's not blasting every turn. Is there any other game or some of the show data that you want to share? I have a couple quick points for Venomoth before we talk about the family as a whole, but I want to give you a now, I just found it interesting that a lot of people use these to fight Ash and his friends in the anime and in the manga. This is just a good, I guess, villain type Pokemon. Again, okay. I, to your point, I think enough people choose Butterfree that they know. I don't know. I think that they like using villain pokes that they think people don't use as much. So this like is this like is, this is just bad guy Butterfree. Yeah, like it fills that role of you're not attached to it. You're not like, hey, that's my poke you're beating up. You know, it's just like a different one. It's just a bug. And I like that uh, these are found at night in gold and silver because these are nocturnal. And gold and silver was really all about that. Here's a question. I, I was going to save this, but I would like to very quickly pitch, as I was looking at it, I would like to very quickly pitch an idea for a regional variant that would make it much more interesting. Venomoth, if it's butt area where it has the squiggles and it's kind of tan. Is that the thorax? Uh, sure. We can just say donk. It's more scientific. <laughs> if you look at the original artwork that Ken Sugimori made for it, it's a watercolor for red and blue. The body of it is blue with the third section. Uh, again, I think that is the thorax. I think you're right. Of it being I yellow. I don't remember the other various sections. Thorax is all I got. I'll take it. The, the butt, the insect butt, it is bright yellow and it has squiggles. The first thing I thought when I saw that was a lightning bug. Oh, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. If you made this thing a regional variant, you could almost leave everything looking exactly the same and then turn that lower section. It already looks like a light bulb. If you had that light up and made this like bug and electric or something like that, I think that would be a very interesting regional variant. Yeah, that would be sick. The other quick note I wanted to make before we talk about the family is the name is very different across all the languages. It kind of makes sense. This one is not a pun. Yeah, this wasn't an easy pun to translate, apparently. It's like not quite a pun. It's more of just like a, a portmanteau in a way. Yeah, yeah. It's they just stuck two words together and they're like, here you go. It's a Pokemon. It, exactly. And as much as I, I like how much Venom and Moth, they roll together. You don't have to take any letters out. They actually just roll together really well and it sounds good together. And as forgettable as the poke may be, I think the naming for Venonat and Venomoth is actually pretty pretty solid. No, I like it a lot. I'm glad that they didn't put a hard stop in between Venom and Moth. 
Well, let's talk about let's talk about some cards to wrap it up for Venomoth. You want to start us off? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to bring it to Jungle. I know we already talked about the art of it, but it was somehow just one of my favorite hollows as a kid. I just liked how it was kind of in like a garden area. I liked how the green, I guess, meshes with like that pinkish purple. I, I just always thought it was like a really clean looking drawing. It was one of those where, I don't know, they actually drew a background for it rather than just doing psychedelics in the background it's a it's a good nostalgia card for sure yeah it's it's a solid nostalgia one and then otherwise venomoth gx it's not you stole it from me (laughs) well i mean there's only so many i know there this is a pretty underwhelming one uh in terms of selection of cards i'll I'll let you say why it was why it was fun it's so startled that's it i literally was just like this thing looks like it is scared shitless (laughs) oh i i mean i had a I had a different reason than that. <laughs> no, go ahead, please. <laughs> no, I just think that this card is very interesting that it benefits from whether you are playing Koga or Janine, and you can't play them at the same time because they're both supporters unless you use that Lieutenant Surge card. So it's interesting that you can make it have a different mode for whichever supporter you went with. For how few cards there were, I actually thought that there were some interesting mechanics. Uh, the other one, Sabrina's Venomoth, it, it the art is fine. I mean, it's pretty interesting. It's just floating through a field, uh, all that. But the attack, healing pollen. For one grass energy, you flip three coins. For each heads, remove one damage counter from each of your pokes. If a Pokemon has fewer damage than the number of heads, remove all. Okay, whatever. But you flip three, and for each one, you get to remove from your whole team. I love that this is a... That's pretty cool. It's a cool move. I love that it's somewhat still left up to chance. uh, Oh, it was all up to chance back then. You couldn't even search for pokes without flipping a coin. Boy, is it brutal. But I I wish that they had something more like that. I mean, I get it. You would have to scale it for Poke Inflation. You'd have to be like, all right, you take all 50 damage or whatever. But it's cool just to uh have... damage for each heads yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) all right why don't you uh share your thoughts for the family as a whole with me to uh wrap it up so as we said this is just a bit too similar to the butterfree line except for that it is a moth i think that they just wanted to have both a butter a butterfly and a moth within the same game but this is like the weird version it's it looks a little bit more dangerous it's like the slightly edgier version of Butterfree, if that could even be such a thing. Okay. But so I do think that that also went to its detriment because people like Butterfree because it seems a bit more approachable. Either way, both of these are, they're my top pick for like a tech Pokemon. They're they're the Pokemon number six. A lot of people will go with a normal type that can learn all the HMs. That was just never my style. I was always the one that wanted a poke that could do... I don't know, fill moves, you know, different moves that your your team couldn't do otherwise. I, I really only have one uh, wrap-up point for specific to this family, and then I want to talk about bug Pokemon uh, a little bit as a whole for, for a certain reason, but I already said my point, really. Venonat, Venomoth, they're just kind of forgettable. They're not really unique enough. They fit into the design language, but there's nothing that really... It makes them stand out, and I, I probably they don't stand out to me. But I do have a, a final question for you for them: Is this a world building poke or a character poke? We always love to have that debate. Which one do you put it under? It's interesting because my I feel like my opinion has changed over time because okay. I used to lean more Venomoth. So at one point, I would have told you that this was a character because of something about the eyes, something about like the bug eyes, and the fact that it's it's got those psychic moves. 
I thought that there was kind of like a special element to it, that it was like a bug that no psychic moves. I didn't put together radar or anything. I thought, oh, this is just a bug with psychic powers. But now it's just kind of late stage butterfree. Okay. I mean, a lot of these bugs, unfortunately, are uh, world building pokes, but also that was kind of a shining point with those original games was that a lot of them were purposely just very animal-like because you were allowed to put your personality on them. They they definitely did have that. And I think that both Parasect family and Venomoth family, I I never really thought of them as being related in any way, but they kind of seem to have a little bit of similarities between the two. What you were talking about, though, with bugs is more what I want to get into. And this kind of moves a little bit away from Venonat and Venomoth, but this is our last family of bugs, so yeah, we are, buddy. Thank God. <laughs> I know. Celebrate. Oh, I mean, here. I'm so sad to get away from these creeps. <laughs> we have now also something to uh, note here. We have already done one third of the Pokedex. I mean, that just feels insane because I'm like, we haven't even gotten to most of the good ones. <laughs> Whoa. How dare you? <laughs> we got some uh, zombie mushrooms so far. <laughs> <laughs> so how could you forget Spiro and Fira? I, I literally forgot them. <laughs> The only two bugs left in the entire game are Pinsir and Scyther. I I, I do want to qualify. Uh, Clearly, we have them and we'll get to them at some point. You haven't heard of them uh, for reference. Um, Yeah, what? This is the last family is more the the point that I wanted to make. And we are a third of the way through the Kanto decks. And we're, for all intents and purposes, we're done with bugs. Uh, Again, we have the two that you find in the Safari Zone in that weird area lower down in the Pokedex. I think that this is so reflective of the idea of where Pokemon came from, the bug collecting. And I think that that is why we find those bugs so early on. And it's what I talk about all the time of early pokes are supposed to feel more real world and they are supposed to be the things that you could almost see yourself going out and finding a real world version of it. And I think that it's interesting to see how much of that gets crammed into the beginning so that you get that feeling of collecting bugs and exploring the world in your backyard, quote unquote. I am now interested to see we are exactly a third of the way through. Now we're done with the bug family. This first third Now we get into the latter two thirds. Is this where we start to really expand out and move away from these one to one representations of real world animals? Oh, it is definitely supposed to start feeling that way. Like you're kind of leaving home. I remember the creator talking about this. It was like in a in a YouTube video or something that in addition to feeling like you are collecting bugs in your backyard, he wanted it to feel like you were kind of going over to your friend's house. You were going into town. It, well, he wanted it to feel like it was on foot. But then as the games progress and you get a bike or even into Gen 2, when you start taking modes of transportation to get around, the world is starting to expand and get a little larger. So, yeah, I mean, it's like we've spent our time in Viridian Forest and we've caught a lot of bugs. 
you just have to hope you trained them well, because now we're going to go on to a totally different challenge, something uh, more mountainous. Even the ones that are, you know, outside of the Viridian Forest, it's still like all of these are definitely believable for being in that area. A Venonat and a Venomoth, I feel like, are one of those things I could go on vacation and go for a hike and find something like that. Oh, yeah. These last three, I never realized these are like the deep forest Pokemon. Safari Zone. Yes. You'd find all three of them in the same forest. They're still tangible and they still have that real world relation. I I don't want to get into the ideas of like poison because everything in Gen 1 is poison. But It's uh, just all poison. I know. A quick note. Outside of the starters, we have now covered 40 Pokemon. Ten of those have been bug type and how many poison <laughs> 25 um, of them have been 18 18 have been poison <laughs> but <laughs> the others it, it's were just funny that, i mean bug type has been so common but if you're trying to establish something to be in the real world that makes sense for bug type to be common bugs are so prevalent oh, if i'm everywhere. in my house and i see a beetle or a spider or something like that not the beetles but a beetle if i see if the beetles a beetle, were in my house i'd be startled <laughs> if i see that in my house i i squash it or i chuck it out the window or put it in the paper towel and throw it out the window whatever not the paper towel i'm not littering a bug type you find <laughs> I put in, it in your a house shirt and i throw that whole thing out the window <laughs> <laughs> if i find a bug in my home i'm not thinking twice if i come home and there's like a hawk in my living room that is a day changer if i come home and there <laughs> is an like anaconda <laughs> <laughs> yeah if there if there's a, a, any animal pretty much that if is some not sort of like bug, kind of whack-a-mole looking thing was coming up through the ground whoa spoiler alert look things are gonna get weird that's all i'm saying all right well i think that's a good enough note to uh end on for Venonat and Venomoth. All right. Well, coming up next, we've got Blaine's Quiz Show, and this time we are playing tight matchup once again. Welcome to Blaine's Quiz Show, where we try to stump each other with obscure pokey facts. This week, I'm going to ask Ben trivia questions, and we are playing the game that uh, we played last week. And I'm calling it tight matchup. I like it. Hopefully it goes a little smoother than last time. Oh, I doubt it. But uh, (laughs) bring it on. (laughs) So I will name a two type combo and you'll name a Pokemon that has that type. And then I will move on uh, and we'll see how many you can name in about 30 seconds. Give or take. I mean, I'm just I'm not going to keep track. We'll see. All right. Whenever you're ready. First one, Ghost and Steel. Uh, The sword, Edge of Slash. Yep. Uh, Grass and Water. Um... Lotad? Yep. Ground and rock. Onyx? Okay, yeah. I would have thought that was just rock, but yes. That's too easy. Dark and fire. Don't say that it's too easy. I can't think of it now. Good. <laughs> Dark and fire. Uh, pass. Fairy and ice. You're throwing a fairy one in there. How dare you? Fairy and ice. Pass. Fairy and normal. Dude, why are you hit me with fairy? I don't know any. <laughs> this one should be easy. Uh, Jigglypuff. All right, we'll do one more. Dragon and ground. Drudagon. No, remember that one was just dragon. Oh, damn it. Um, oh, oh, Fly, Flygon, right? Yes, Flygon. All right, how many did you get? I got five in definitely 30 seconds. 100%. What's a dark, what's a dark and fire? I'm really embarrassed that Houndoom. I couldn't think of one. Ah. Also, Incineroar. I didn't know that that was dark. You know what I kept thinking in my mind was Embor, and I was like, no, no, Incineroar. That's what I was, like, trying to think of. <laughs> the other 
wrestler uh, fire type. All I've learned from this is that I, I don't know as many Pokemon as I thought. That is accurate. There's like 437,000 to remember. Why don't we just stick to the good old 90s ones? <laughs> Next time, we're going to do this, but only for Gen 1, because we're a bunch of Gen 1ers. Perfect. Now, coming up next, we've got a hypothetical, and we're talking bug Pokemon. It's time for hypothetical. So today, to celebrate the end of bug pokes, well, bug poke <laughs> families... We are going to rank our top five favorite bug Pokemon. All right, real quick. I think we should try to agree on an honorable mention. I hope this is uh, not in your top five. I was going to say, I hope it's not in my five. And that would be Shuckle. Oh, I wouldn't have even thought Shuckle was a bug. Yes, I I would just like to put Shuckle in uh, an honorable mention category. But uh, you can't fuckle with Shuckle. So. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and uh, start us off? Oh, on that note, I think that some of mine will be like ones you can see coming a mile away. Probably, I've talked to you once or twice, and some will be a bit divisive. Yeah, so so here we go. So number five, bringing up the rear, but still the best, Scyther. I okay. feel like this poke. I feel like it needs no introduction. Uh, it has blade arms. That is really the the primary reason. All right. I uh, Let's count how many we uh, both have on the list together. Mine is not at number five, but uh, go it ahead. ranks lower because I don't like Scizor all that much. I'd prefer for this just to stay a basic. You and me both. Go ahead with number four. Number four is Heracross. Oh, good choice. Oh, Heracross is, just like Scyther, he's just badass. I didn't know that this was fighting, but it makes sense. It, it can fight. That's like its whole thing. It's, it's like a badass little bug, but he also looks nice. He's always got a smile on his face. Yeah. I would love to use this on a team, but foreshadowing, I don't tend to use bug types as heavy hitters. I use them as supporters. Fair enough. And number three? Number three is the reason for the season. It is Venomoth. Ooh. I have, as we've gone through this whole episode, I just have a soft spot for it. It has fallen slightly out of favor as time goes on. Okay. But this is a, a pure nostalgia pick for me because of it being on my original yellow playthrough team. Okay, fair enough. Number two is Shedinja. Wow, I am shocked by how different our lists are, by the way. Anyway, sorry, Good. continue. There are, well, there's so many bug Pokemon. Yeah, Shedinja true. is just insanely cool. That mechanic, uh, I'm sure everybody knows, but you evolve it from Ninkata, becomes Ninjask. If you have a free space, it literally sheds its shell and you get the ghost of a shell. It's a free poke. You get to battle with a shell. It's not even a real thing. And this is the only ghost poke, so of course it would go. I was gonna say I knew you were gonna have I knew you were gonna have that on there just for the ghost type. I did mess around with this on my team, but it only has one health, which is a very odd thing to have to deal with. And number one. And number one, could see it coming a mile away. It's butterfree. Yeah, I Butterfree. I don't know why we even needed to ask you. No, it's the new and improved version of Venomoth. Uh, it has been on my shield team since day one because it's the original Venomoth. It's both the new one and the original because <laughs> I didn't know about it. <laughs> I, I've already said it. Uh, it knows psychic moves. It knows status moves. It can do bug. Uh, this thing will carry you to the finish line, even if it's weak. doesn't even matter. All right. Well, our lists were a lot different than I was expecting them to be, if I'm honest. That's um, pretty good. Mine, I have them ranked here, but like, I'm not going to lie as I was going through. I was like, I could put these in any order. They're all, it's my top five. One to five isn't as important, but I'll still rank them anyway as There such. is one I expect to be on your list, but we'll see if it comes up. All right, perfect. Number five, 
Galicopod. Okay, yeah, I, I figured that that was going to be on there. That one's a really cool one. I, I really like that one, and I had a, a, a Galicopod GX for a while that it really made it grow on me. Number four, Scolipede. That was the one. That was the one I was I was looking for. <laughs> That one almost made my list. That's a very badass design. It's so cool. And that's like a, that's kind of a sleeper favorite for me overall. Not even hey, Gen uh, 5. It, sh- sh- number three, <laughs> Volcarona. Oh, okay. I feel a little basic because it's fire type and everything, but I just think it's cool design oh, and it's neat There is nothing typing. wrong with fire type. <laughs> number two, I had to do these together because it, it is, it, it is a family, but I had to. I have to have both of them. They go together for me. And that is Snom and Frostmoth. Oh, yeah. That, they are a great pairing. I, I really like those. I love the typing. I love the look of them. I like the cards when it, Sword Shield came out and that had a pretty good feed card. Also, I would just like to point out, I do like to call my one cat Snom. Uh, she is not white. She is not small. She is nothing in common, but... And yet it doesn't even matter. And number one, to really flip the script on you, I have Scyther. There it is. But see, that's the <laughs> thing, is that Scyther could easily be my number one. It's just, I don't know why. Bugs never are never like a type that I consider on my team. They're always an afterthought. It's just, it's a great... Design, it's top yeah, tier design. It is. And it, it's it. I think it transcends just being good because of nostalgia i will i try my best to admit when pokes are only good because i remember them from so long ago but i I feel like i'm giving away our entire scyther episode at this point no this thing is this thing is what garchomp wishes it could do it is that level of 10 year old badass scyther is like what it should be garchomp is like what it wants to be how about that garchomp's given kabutops energy (laughs) Hey, I like Kabutops. So do I, but it's not. Also, Scyther. it's pronounced Kabutops. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to wrap it up for episode 20, where we talked about Venonat and Venomoth. Hey, we are a third of the way through the Kanto Pokedex. That's incredible. I would never have thought that we'd make it this far. I thought I'd be dead by now as well. Long dead. <laughs> So if you uh, please share the podcast with any friends you uh, might have, I, I should say friends that you might have uh, with common interests, but just friends you might have. No, no just show with it. Show it to anybody, especially uh, anybody who's a fan of Pokemon, fan of uh, 90s nostalgia. Uh, we did have also Digimon and Power Rangers references in this one episode. We've got it so. all. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just how Venomoth, it has the, the two different scales. You know what I mean? You should check us out on both of our various forms. <laughs> Can't even get it out. Our, our various forms of media. Uh, you know, we've got the podcast and, <laughs> and the that Instagram. Was your, all right. I know you've been going. <laughs> that was your worst one yet. Hey, I gave it a try. I appreciate it. Check us out it, on but... Instagram and uh, I don't know. Give us a like. Send us a hypothetical. Yeah, if you send us a good hypothetical and we end up using it, uh, we will send you a sticker. So coming up next uh, episode, we have a, I don't want to say a special guest because it's still just the two of us, but we have a very special poke. This is the one time where the special guest is the Pokemon The special itself. guest we're, is the We're poke. honored to have it. The man himself. We'll have to leave it at that for now. I'm Ben. And I'm Andy. Thanks for listening. See you.